Hello everyone and welcome to some more Naya Wrestling! It's me here, Mark Sylvester, and I'm here to show long-time fans and non-fans why wrestling is so good. And with it today guys, be the last day of the month, you know what that means! Wrestling of the month! And what Wrestling of the Month is, it's where I do a quick summary review of a particular thing throughout the world of professional wrestling. This could be anything like a match, a movie, a segment, a comic book, a character, a figurine, a costume. It can be anything as long as there's a connection to the world of professional wrestling, anything is game. And so then guys, for today's match... I'm going to be reviewing the amazing match for the World Heavyweight Championship between Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Kane, Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho and Booker T in the first ever Elimination Chamber match at Survivor Series 2002. At Survivor Series, you will bear witness to the Elimination Chamber. Superstars for the World Heavyweight title. An ingenious creation from the mind of Eric Bischoff.
Now then, guys, this match for me, I thought was fantastic. I mean, be the first of its kind. You can kind of feel the whole epicness of this whole entire match in general. I mean, for many weeks before this match that happened on Raw, they were building it up saying there's like three tons of steel. It weighs this and many pounds. Uh, it has four pods where uh, two men started in the middle of the ring beforehand and each guy has five minutes before them. A random pod gets chosen. I really liked it as well because that's one of the things I like about WWE, especially around this time, is they would explain matches and they would explain things so that makes the fans at home understand what's going on. And because it's the first one of its kind as well, they wanted to put it over so well. So then if it did really, really well, then it's like, okay, then. So we gave the fans the history of this match, how the match works and what the match will entail. But then at the same time, if it doesn't do so well, then they can say, but we at least told the fans what it was going to be like. So then that way they would have have an understanding. And I think by it being for the World Heavyweight Championship and by it being at the Survivor Series, that works really, really well too because it builds on the whole elimination style match because rather than being a four versus four or five versus five or even a 10 versus 10, when they had the tag team um, Survivor Series elimination matches that like they had back at 87 and 88, for example... They wanted to incorporate this and stuff. I thought it was really, really, really well done. Because even though, yes, they went on to the future to make the Elimination Chamber its own pay-per-view, I like the fact that they um, had it at Survivor Series first, had it at one of the big four to show off its importance and just the way that it's used, that it's also as well helping build up and bring in more to the feud as well between Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Triple H and RVD and Triple H and Kane. So it kind of builds into that as well. Plus you've got obviously Booker T getting involved because he's had or going to be building up his rivalry with Triple H. Obviously Chris Jericho and um, Triple H have had their feud too and stuff. And it's quite interesting to kind of have that interlining lock being Triple H that he's the man that they want to beat and they want to... Um, and obviously as well beat the other four men to become the World Heavyweight Champion. So, And this is one of those matches that I think has some great spots too. I mean, for example, you have um, a massive riding funder, the Triple H, who's on the uh, outside of the cage. Um, you have RVD with his massive, big springboard splash onto uh, from the cage onto Jericho. You have Triple H and Jericho launching RVD into the cage itself. Uh, and you have this amazing uh, five-star frog splash. I know from the injury that Triple H had, it wasn't the best five-star frog splash, but I think the fact that they had... Obviously, they wanted to show off the new uh, gimmick that they had, like, you know, because obviously with the hell in the cell, people expect people to be thrown off on the top of it or from a high height. Same with this, because obviously you had the pods and stuff, so obviously they wanted to have a big move, so... RVD did his five-star frog splash from the top of the pod, which was an awesome moment to see because you could just see the height of RVD flying onto Triple H as well. That was a cool moment. Um, you also had as well the other guys working together to beat certain wrestlers like you had um, Shawn Michaels and Triple H working together to eliminate Booker T. You had Kane, uh, Jericho as well. Triple H worked together to eliminate Kane as well because it's kind of shown that even though it's every man for themselves because at this point all six men are in the ring because the cool thing about this match is, is there's five minute interludes so you always have at the beginning of the match two men start in the middle and then you have after five minutes the next person comes in so 
obviously after RBD and Triple H started the match, you then had Jericho come in, then you had Booker T come in, then you had Kane come in, then you had finally HBK come in. And it was really cool to obviously have, obviously there's a bit of wear and tear, the other wrestlers, because they've been wrestling since the beginning of the match and stuff. But it was really, really cool because you had um, the wrestlers work together because even though, yes, they might hate the other wrestler uh, as well, obviously between Triple H and Shawn Michaels, they were they wanted to also do it as well. So if that means they would then be the last two to fight each other to then hopefully beat the other man to become the champion, they will do what it takes to do that. And I thought that worked really, really well because it adds more layers to their rivalry. And this was a great rivalry that started back from SummerSlam 2002 and ended probably around maybe Backlash 2004 or maybe it was Vengeance 2004 because I remember they had that massive and really brutal Hell in a Cell match uh, that both men had against each other back in 2004, which is kind of, in a sense, the end of their feud. But they went into 2006 as, like, uh, DX again, back also as well, back in 2009, 2010. So it's kind of interesting to kind of see that rivalry and this kind of, like, being the next step in that amazing story of their rivalry as well, too. Uh, plus, as well, you had this amazing moment when... Um, HBK did this amazing free, uh, 360 splash onto Triple H. He also does as well an amazing huge elbow drop from the top of the podium as well. Where that was insane, just the height and the and the velocity that HBK got. But um, but to win the match, HBK did a, did this amazing massive super kick for the one, the two, and the three. And this was HBK's one and only. Uh, World Heavyweight Championship win since returning back to the Fed back in 2002 because it's quite interesting actually because even though HBK I believe in my opinion had a better run than his first run it was actually quite interesting to see HBK only becoming the world champion once because obviously I thought he would have won it against Jericho back in 2008 I thought he might have won it maybe against um, John Cena back in 2007 or maybe in his other feuds as well so it's quite interesting to kind of see that this was the only championship that he won because even though yes he also won the tag team championship with Chip away which is part of dx and that kind of thing it was quite interesting to kind of it was really interesting to kind of see the difference in sean michael's mentality no oh, what well i and it was really interesting to see the difference in sean michael's way of thinking that he would uh, that this was his only championship run where back in the 90s he would never lose a championship uh he would make so he would vacate it or when he would lose a championship people were worried that he wasn't going to lose it to Steve Austin back in 98 it was really interesting in this run from 2002 to 2010 that he would put other people over and he would lose championships and he would only be the champion once as well and I thought it was really interesting as well too that with this match and with this victory it kind of put the pep in a step of him against Triple H. It was the fact that he won it in this amazing match. Yes, I know the gear I didn't find was the best for me because for me, I will always remember the um, the chaps or the amazing tights with all the different um, broken hearts or the DX or that kind of thing, which is quite cool that he started using them a lot more from Armageddon the same year. But it was quite interesting to kind of have it as this is the first actual win of um hbk it was the first proper championship 
that HBK had, and even though the rain was only a month, this match was just so good that you enjoyed this match. It was a great match, and I think for me, if people want to watch a really good Elimination Chamber match, this for me is the one I would choose. Because even though, yes, I believe 2003 was a great one, and it even has a few other great ones too, like 2010, one in 2011, 2012, etc., I think for me, this is the best one because you have six great wrestlers, six mega overstars, uh, having it on a big four as not part of something to then wrestle at WrestleMania. It actually was its own thing with making sure the championship was the thing that people wanted to win. And I think for me, that is why it's my favourite Elimination Chamber match and why I think people who want to watch a great ma- a great multi-man match this is the one i would choose and so then guys what i'm gonna have to give that match out of five will probably have to be four and a half out of five i mean this match was great had some great stars some great action there were some amazing moments like you still had the amazing high spots and stuff it didn't make uh, the high spots seem trivial. They actually made the high, uh, the high spots seem as important as each other. Where even though yes, there was a dive from the top of the cage by um, RVD onto Triple H, where there might have been a massive um, elbow drop from HBK onto Triple H as well. It was done to the same wrestler because obviously Triple H was the main heel in the match. Because even though yes, Jericho was a heel as well at the same time too, it had a very different feel of being the heel compared to Triple H uh, in this match. But I felt the way that when it was done, because even though, yes, there were two big moments in the match, like being the big moves on the pod, they were done in such a way it, they didn't take away from each other. There was a lot of time for the different moves to breathe between each other and stuff, because it wasn't just a, like a big splash and then instantly the big elbow. There was a good 10-odd minute gap between the two moves, and I think for me that worked really, really well, because as much as I love the whole wrestling has to be this, 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 this. I'm someone who likes a wrestling match that has that a lot of the da 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 But I like it when it, when it works. I like it when it, it's just a bit of like, duh, like, duh, duh. And then you have a bit of a slow, and then you have a bit of a fast, you have a bit of a slow, a bit of a fast. It's kind of like in a sense of me and my karate, where it's all well and good, everyone going at one tempo, but actually you need that time to breathe. You need that burst of energy, and then, then the time to breathe, because it then it makes the moves and the wrestling and everything else throughout the match work and actually seem more important. Because if it, if it was just a burr, 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 you would get bored of it after a while, at least with the whole big move, bit of a gaps, normal moves and that sort of thing. A big move again, like normal moves and that kind of thing as well. It makes it more important. And also as well, it makes people remember these moves more as well. And, you know, let's say, for example, you're watching, like, a Ray Phoenix match. Yes, I believe Ray Phoenix is is an amazing wrestler. He he does some amazing moves. He's very, very fast. But I think, for me, it's someone who you would kind of forget the moves that he does. And I kind of feel, for me, as well, which is why I think Rey Mysterio is so much more better. Because even though, yes, Rey Mysterio and those Cruiserweights matches were very, very fast, I mean... My favourite Cruiserweight match ever is the one between him and Eddie Guerrero from Halloween Havoc 97. But the way that they do the moves is they make them work so well. And when they do the big moves, they leave that time to breathe. They don't just instantly go to a next move, which then makes people forget about it. Because I'll be honest, when I watch a Ray Phoenix match, I'm like, yeah, this guy's amazing. Yeah, this guy's really, really good. But ask me a week later on, I wouldn't be able to remember what they did. But ask me to remember a move or two from the Halloween Havoc 97 match. I'll remember a lot more, you know, like I remember the 
the big splashes from Ray from over top rope onto Eddie. I remember the amazing like um, superplexes. I remember all these different uh, big amazing moves. I also remember as well even the commentary like the way that even Bobby Heenan's like this match is amazing. Like even he's like oh my god this match is so so good. And that's why for me I like the more methodical more sort of slower pace but you can use the faster pace too to make the wrestling work. But then again, I'm one of those people who kind of likes in the middle. I don't, I don't like a match that's too so you don't enjoy the action, but I also don't like a match that's so fast that you forget about it. And I think for me, this match is fantastic. And that's why for me, this match has that great mixture of both. It, in what I want in, in a professional wrestling match to have some great in-ring action, some great in-ring psychology, uh, something that isn't so fast you forget, something that isn't so slow you get bored, something that is perfect and shows why professional wrestling and especially this Elimination Chamber match is truly great. And that's why Shawn Michaels, for me, will be one of the greatest to emphasise the fact of how when wrestling is done right, wrestling is one of the most exciting and fascinating but also most memorable things in the entire world and that my friends was my rest of the month on the elimination chamber from survivor series 2002 let me know guys in the comments below what your thoughts are about this amazing match and what your thoughts are about the other chamber matches too i mean do you prefer this match or do you prefer the one from 2003 2007 2008 2010 etc or do you even prefer the new design that they brought in back in 2016, if I remember correctly. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear you guys think. And also as well, guys, please don't forget to like, follow and subscribe to Know Your Wrestling on all, all the different social medias, podcast networks and YouTube too. This has been Know Your Wrestling, guys. I have been your amazing host, as always, Mark Sylvester. And don't forget, guys, to take care. And always remember, the boyhood dream has come true for Shawn Michaels. I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. I've got the looks. The tribes are cool. While I've got the mood. That really move them. I said chill. Up and down their spine. I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your boy toy I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy I make them hot I make them shiver Their knees get weak Whenever I'm around They see me walk They hear me talk I make them feel Like they're all cloud nine I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy I'm just a sexy boy I'm not your boy toy It's your hard-eyed girl Hands off the merchandise